What is going on, YouTube? And what is going on, all of those catching us via podcast? Thank you so much for joining us right here on Split Screen D&D, the show where we're attacking all things D&D from both sides of the screen. My name's Tom Quinn, resident dungeon master here at Modern Myth. And I'm Josh Winans, resident player character here at Modern Myth. Excellent, excellent. I think you bring us in on this one because... Uh, well, we're, we're, I think we, so. We're starting a series. Um, so uh, we've talked about social, and so I think a next interesting one that is explicitly, especially interesting in the the D and D sphere. I guess you see it more in video games, but usually sometimes it feels more like side quests and fetch quests, which is where D and D can really make it interesting. But the pillar of exploration, exploration. I love exploration. Well. Maybe I should rephrase that. I don't know that I love. I actually think I, of all of the pillars, I neglect uh, exploration more than I should. Well, um, and I'm okay with that because it also is my least favorite of the pillars. I think let's start by summarizing that pillar a little bit. Yeah, um, I think that's always good. And to find. I, I would say the best, the the best thing about the exploration pillar is I think it is the most flexible, the most agile pillar of the three um, in the sense that exploration can pivot into literally any aspect of the game mm, that, oh. you know, they turn over, uh, literally they turn over a rock mm -hmm. and who knows, maybe like an entire civilization of tiny ant sized people and combat ensues rolling a shit. fireball. Yep. Well, <laughs> probably won't last long, but, but just like that. A combat encounter right, is from right, right, right. Uh, they meet someone during their explorations, mm -hmm. just like that. We're into kind of dancing mm -hmm. with the social pillar. Um, and whereas you can in interject those other things, you can't pivot entirely, I, I, or I should say, you can more easily pivot entirely from exploration into any number of facets. Right. And that's uh, that flexibility is its strength because right. I think what makes exploration great mm -hmm. is that your party or at least your party should understand that anything can happen in the next second anything can happen like whereas you're sitting in a tavern that's not to say certainly you know the the roof gets blown off a tavern now you're in combat anything can happen coming out of but it, in terms of it's not a through line of the social pillar that Something's going to happen any minute. And that's really what lends the weight to exploration is yeah. that knowing that around every corner, something, and I'm going to emphasize, should be there to discover. Right. Well, and as a player, uh, that is definitely true uh, for exploration. And I guess it might be even nice to somewhat put in context what is exploration. Exploration isn't just limited to exploring a dungeon. It's sneaking into a house for thieving. It's... Uh, trying to disarm a trap. Uh, it is. It encapsulates. It could be all overland travel. Oh yeah. I I would generally say exploration. <clears throat> you're thoroughly in the domain of exploration when the players are looking for something and they do not know where it is. Mm -hmm. um, okay. You are you are effectively now. There may be a broader criteria to that, but right. let's say the difference between our. Let's say we're just running a overland travel. Mm -hmm. You're going from town A to town B. There's a road that connects them. You're traveling. Now, I may have opportunity to inject some flavor into that travel mm -hmm. through encounters, social interactions, what have you. 
but you're not really exploring to get there. You're traveling as opposed to, oh, there's some old ruins up in the mountains somewhere. Mm -hmm. Go find them. Yeah, right. Um, Now we're thoroughly in the domain of exploration. A good example from our campaign would be Old Peltark. Mm. As you guys entered Old Peltark, <laughs> yeah. which which was a proper hex grid crawl um, yep. through, and you guys were ultimately looking for the bandit camp, mm-hmm. um, you found much more. Yeah, and we did well. Yeah, The first point that I would really want to hammer home, if you are introducing exploration, especially something as, like, I think the core exploration experience for Dungeons & Dragons, maybe less so now, but mm-hmm. for, for, let's call it older school D&D, is the hex grid crawl where you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're, there's a representation of the progress you're making across the broader game world. What's that game you play? Might and Magic? Oh, here's Might and Magic. Yeah, game. it reminds me a lot of that. Yeah, I would say as you're, as you're kind of moving through these spaces, uh, the, the point I would really hammer home is do, if there's only one thing for your players to find, i.e., we'll, we'll use Old Peltark as an example. Sure. Uh, old Peltark, this old growth forest you guys have entered in, you are trying to fulfill a contract uh, on some bandits who have been doing some naughty things in the region. Those naughty darn bandits. Naughty bandits. Um, we, we, we took them over. It's fine. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are actually like buddies now. Like you didn't mind that they were evil. Actually, people. I haven't heard. We tried to. I know. We haven't, haven't heard yet. Haven't heard yet. Right, anyway. But so you guys roll into this space. If I've created a hex grid of this world and one of those hexes represents the bandit camp. And I go, all right, go. If there's nothing else to find uh-huh. in that space, oh, I will never explore again. Yeah, you. So the and and this gets back to we've talked about this in other episodes, rewarding your players for engaging with the world. And if we happen to be in the exploration exploration pillar, mm-hmm. be prepared to reward them for exploring. Because the whole point of exploring is not to beeline from point A to point B. It's to check those nooks and crannies. It's mm-hmm. to, it, like, oh, we maybe we got a rudimentarily drawn map, and there's just this, there's this weird marking way over here, mm-hmm. where we we don't have any reason to believe it's the bandit camp, but maybe we should check that out anyway. Right, right. Um, so as a DM, the first thing that I would say is, do not allow your players to explore barren regions now there's mm. one major caveat to that like a desert survival type thing yes okay. if yeah, i would say if your players are lost and the intention is is that that you have some interesting encounter whether they're in a labyrinth in a uh white out in a uh a, a fro- remembering our labyrinth <laughs> uh a, a white out in the frozen north uh or a sandstorm you know amidst a sandstorm in mm. uh uh in kalimshan there, there are some fun things you can do with a barren space where the idea is more to drive the necessity of utilizing your skills to survive the situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in some regards, I do think it falls into the exploration pillar, but it's it's kind of almost this exploration adjacent thing because yeah. it's 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 but using the exploration skills. Yes, absolutely, and I, and that's actually a really good pivot into. Um, uh, another aspect, and as a player, you yeah, can talk yeah. with me a little bit about uh, something I really like when I'm thinking about exploration is mm-hmm. how can I ask of my players, like, oh, I haven't seen you do many, many, you know, pick pick, pick a role that you just haven't, used, one of your skills right. you haven't used that often. And I love thinking about what skills my players have 
that don't get to shine, mm-hmm. much in the same way I would try to make space for different players to shine, thinking about like, what can I create in the world that allows within a given player skills that they don't often bring out yeah, no, uh, that's... shine? So talk with me a little bit about using those uh, underappreciated yeah, abilities. absolutely. So uh, I will be totally honest here. Uh, exploration is my least... Uh, I, not that I don't enjoy it. I do. It's just not my most natural. It's the one that I, I probably struggle with the most. Uh, which is interesting because I think my next character, that is going to be where he leans the most, so it's going to be very challenging. But anyway, um, so being that as it is, when I think about how to utilize, like, when I'm presented with a challenge, uh, one, I'm very fortunate that I'm with a wizard, and so they usually take, but I try to think of how, what skills I usually don't get to use, I get to use. My most, I think the ones I've used the most is carpentry. Yeah, I absolutely. Uh, the exploration that I think about, I always think about the, the, uh, try to build u- the bridge utilization of, of carpentry. Yeah. And it's a great example of, I mean, realistically, maintaining your, your wagon, your cart, mm-hmm. a great way to use it. Mm-hmm. But generally, that's probably because it's endured somewhere in tear during either overland travel or exploration. So those would be the places where it's probably most right. pivotal that you have And that I think skill. a lot of the tools... God, I, one thing I really don't enjoy about the D&D 5e base rules is they really don't delve into the tools. I think tools are freaking awesome. Yep. And they just like... They really don't give you... I know there's a lot of supplementary material that can really flesh that out. But as a, a DM, if you're able to give the player ways to really bring out those tools that's really fun yeah and i think i think that uh, exploration as a pillar offers us as dms opportunities because it's so flexible and you know that you can kind of pivot in these weird ways Mm -hmm. you also know that it's it's unique in that it really does demand uh whether that's exploring a you know kind of the the classic dungeon crawl exploration i would say Old school dungeon crawls really were kind of the blending of the best of combat and the best of exploration into Mm -hmm. a single enterprise because you're having to manage rations, manage your torches, manage, you know, you're talking about talking old school. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're you're managing you're I mean, you're managing uh, what I would say are exploration uh, resources. Right. But you're also getting whittled down by combatant after combatant and kind of yes, working your um, way through. Uh, attrition, yeah. So yeah, attrition. absolutely. Um, so I think that's a great example of kind of how those two marry. But what I really loved about what you were saying about skills and and finding opportunities to use skills mm-hmm. is your players, if you're not taking a concerted effort to generate uh, experiences and encounters for your players to use certain skills... Mm-hmm. There are skills that players could have that they never roll in an entire campaign. Never use. Yeah. And so be cognizant of what skills your players have. Mm -hmm. And just like in combat, I think as DMs, it's really easy for us to go, oh, man, he's got this ability. She's got that ability. Oh, wouldn't it be cool? Like, imagine if they were able to pull this off. What if they? We can think about kind of cool ways that those players are really going to elevate to hero-dom. Right. There's a great opportunity to do the same. Imagine when the 
ranger who quite frankly is underpowered in virtually every way they're getting uh, better they got better no they have they've done something super <laughs> but but the thing is is and i actually think that to some extent actually they're the, the best exploration class by far i i think that they are one of the and i think it's actually the the what we'll call the failings of the ranger may more appropriately be that the the tone and tenor of modern D&D hasn't embraced exploration oh, so we're the same. So much focus on social and combat that we've kind of... Uh. I, I think that there are many, and again, this is, I, I will say for myself, of all of the pillars, I've neglected, uh, I you know, certain forms of exploration. I've caught myself neglecting them, not giving them the proper attention that they yeah, need. Yeah. So I think that that's, you know, one aspect to, uh, to consider with regard to uh, building those spaces is mm-hmm. find the things, the skills your players are good at under those conditions right. and allow them to, to shine. I mean, imagine a character who, uh, you know, through, through their survival, they're, they're the only one who's going to be able to make that role to find water in the desert. Right. What a heroic moment it is for them to save when, the whole party. When yeah, when the party is literally I mean, what a terrible way to TPK, but the party's literally <laughs> gonna die of dehydration. You know, I mean, but it's it is a moment that is as imperative to the continuation of their story as any critical hit yeah. on a on a monster. Yeah, we don't point. always give it the same attention. So yeah, when uh so thinking about that, when the DM gives uh gives some uh exploration to you or gives you a scenario as a player character, uh, I think a good place is to start is to start with your strengths. How would my character with how would hey, I have a uh dehydration, like oh shoot, we gotta find water. I'm only trained in carpentry. How could I use my carpentry skills to help us find water? I I can't think of something off the top of my head. But think of something that you could do that plays into your strengths and then uh or or even better how could you support your teammate who might have a better way to do it i love it there's awesome opportunity for cooperative play Mm -hmm. and i i like that notion of uh, i do like the notion of starting with your strengths because you know what you know right this this is in real life you encounter a problem in real life and you you want to try to solve it with the tools you have not the tools you don't yeah so if you need to build a chicken coop you know, if you have carpentry skills and this happened in game, <laughs> you know, then you'll be the one to build that chicken coop. You wouldn't have, but, you know, if you need someone to dissemble a life-threatening trap, maybe an invincible hat is, in fact, the way to go. That, that's, uh, that, you know, so there's there's solutions to different different problems. It's <laughs> Well, doubly so, you were building a bridge the entire I, time. Oh, yeah, I was trying my best, but no, they just disarmed well, they, the whole they, thing. They instructed you to build the bridge. That's... That's, That's one of my the, the, favorite favorite aspects is you showed up with the bridge you spent all day building, and they were like, oh, no, we actually disabled that trap a long time ago Dude, and didn't uh, bother to tell you. I know. My muscles were rippling hard in the sun. Yep. There, it, it quite literally. Also, uh, this is actually not a bad segue because it always that moment always makes me think about uh, Pour Some Sugar On Me, uh, which is on the official Rakish Rovers playlist. You guys should check that out. Oh, uh, nice. And uh, they're well, they're able to check that out uh, through our Patreon. Oh, um, give us money! And <laughs> uh, but no, the playlist actually will be made uh, completely public. But there is a companion. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah. Guide that explains why the which, songs, which wow. get, uh, actually has it, actually does a pretty good job of explaining loosely 
what's transpired in the first 10 levels of the Which campaign. I think is pretty cool. Like, if you're enjoying the Rover campaign, you want to know the whole backstory, why not learn through songs? I mean, yeah. That's a great, it's way it's kind it. of an unorthodox way of doing it, but yeah, everyone knows it's a, a, an, an unbelievable amount of information to try and convey. Yeah, try to, yeah. Um, 10 levels of D&D, go. So if you guys are interested in that, absolutely uh, jump on over to our Patreon and check that out. And don't forget to click the like button and subscribe, get notifications. Uh, what else? Comments. Oh, you got you got a comment. We're we're gonna give some criteria. I mean, we love any comments, but at the end of every episode, yeah. we like to we like to hear your thoughts on what's been going on in this conversation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you are podcasting, listening in the car right about now, or you know you're at work pretending to get things done, um, yeah, good on you. Um, not for being at work, but for listening to our show instead of getting actual work done. <laughs> um, but uh, you know you. Uh, we appreciate you. You know, yeah, and I know you much. can't reach out and just touch a, a uh, invisible button out in front of you. I'll, I'll just that touch. counts. That counts. He's touching me right now. For uh, I guess we're addressing people who can't see what probably inappropriately, maybe appropriately. I don't it, know. I'll it let was you fully decide. appropriate. It's Tuesday. Um, but uh, I, what I, something I really like that you touched on there. Yeah. Uh, when you were talking about you like that you're traveling with yeah. uh, a rogue and a wizard. Yes. And the fact that you touched on wizard, oh, this is a big one that goes out to wizards everywhere. You have immeasurable power, and I know that this gets harped on a lot. There's a lot of memes out there about the the exponential power curve of wizards. And those memes are generally acknowledging your combat prowess. Mm -hmm. There is so much on the spell list Mm -hmm. that can make you a rock star when you are existing inside the exploration pillar. I think that's where wizard shines the most. They Well, certainly there's a number of classes, I think, that bring a ton of utility. Um, But don't don't forget about that as a wizard, that you have tons of of skills at your disposal Mm -hmm. that really are tailor-made for that environment. Right. And this goes for all classes. Don't uh, shut yourself off to abilities and skills that you have that don't seem to immediately fit the situation. Think right. creatively about how you can use what you are good at to solve problems. Yeah, I'm going to go bounce off that real quick because um, I actually have, uh, so I'm a half caster, but I do have two different spell books. I don't know what else to call them, uh, prayer books. Uh, but I have my combat spells where it's like, oh, I know I'm going to be fighting today. These are the spells I'm going to have. And there's my... Social or uh, exploration or, you know, those different things. So that way I'm... More utility set of... Yeah. So in that way, I'm able to very quickly transition between. That way it saves a lot of time. And uh, because I think you really hit it. Like when you look at the wizard spell look, sometimes Grease, we just ran into this. Grease might not seem like a great spell. Oh, woo, you make things slippery. We ran into a situation where that bought us some serious time. And, you know, it, it really helped us out. Yep. So, I mean. And, and I would, I would to some extent, chase sequences are an interesting bag because yeah. they kind of, they have a similarity to combat. It's um, like combat exploration combined almost. Yeah. I, I, I think maybe they've got more, they're, the bigger of their two feet is in the combat uh, camp. But uh, it's another great example of a place in which a lot of utility can be expressed in the yes. abilities that you have. And they, I think exploration and chase sequences share a lot of, they kind of hold hands on. It's a, it's a place where if your players are used to running combat, they're used to running social, 
bringing them into a very exploration heavy space, it's going to challenge them to think about their skill sets differently. And that's what we want to do. That's yeah. what we, we, the goal always is challenge our players in interesting ways. And, and there no, no better place to, to say, Hey, you're intimately familiar with what you do. Well, right. How can that help you when you're starving and lost in the forest? How can that help you when you're freezing cold and uh, you you don't know which way is which because it's been a whiteout for three days? Right. You know that's those are those are great examples of of again how how just simple skills that that sadly can be overlooked sometimes can come to the forefront and shine mm-hmm. and make characters make characters heroic for entirely different reasons yes. than they might be in either of the other pillars. Cause yeah, I, th- I would say Katarina in a lot of ways, this is one of the areas and it's, it's social a hundred percent, but sometimes she's really creative in how she addresses problems. Absolutely. So that's a way, one way she's that she's really shines in this pillar. Um, and I was just thinking as a player, I, th- I I'm almost curious how many times have you set us up with the situation and we totally subverted your expectations. All of them. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's no i mean i i and and the thing is is that it should i mean it, it should be obviously it's not all of them sometimes i i you know every now and then even if you suck at darts eventually you're gonna hit the bullseye uh no i i think you do your best as a dm uh and and um i've touched on some of this in the dm in the pm the building blocks of a campaign mm-hmm. series check plugged. it out plugged um no uh did you like comment and subscribe yet <laughs> No, but it's is understanding the motivations of your players gives you a a much better sense of how they might react given a certain scenario. Still, I think at best that should be about a 50-50. I mean, I think like you because because things are gonna start getting very linear if if you can call exactly what your players are doing yeah uh you know and it'd be boring as a player because it's you're obviously spoon feeding us well i i mean it's it's way more exciting to find ourselves in a place where neither of us knows what the fuck is going on and you know like (laughs) again we've talked about what i and i love the time i'm going to coin the term i'm going to continue to run with the term uh, like a DM flow state. And I don't mm. think, I think players get to kind of exist in this place all the time because they're in that reactionary space. Yes. Uh, DMs, if you've done your session prep, you should at least be starting the session, even if it only lasts for a matter of seconds, mm-hmm. starting the session completely on your toe. You're just ready. You're completely ready for anything. You're, right. you know, um, rapidly your players should dismantle that and put you in places where, and there's, there's times where you can that can manifest in maybe ways that you'd rather it hadn't, mm. but when it's not, and more often than more often than not, it it lands in places that are compelling and exciting. That is a space where it's. I mean it it is it is the best experience as far as I'm concerned that you can have as as a DM. And exploration is a great pillar by which that can happen because just as I said. You know, there's it, it. You can pivot to anything. That maps very literally into the game world. If they are standing in this square or this hex, uh, 
they can go any direction they want mm -hmm. and who knows what they're going to find. And that would kind of lead to my second point from a DM standpoint is ensure that what you have instantiated throughout this map has substantial contrast. Don't make it that there's 40 combat encounters if they land in the wrong places, mm -hmm. no social, no puzzles, no traps. No, mm -hmm. it's just, oh, you fight some more wolves. Oh, you fight some giant rats. Oh, you fight some, you know, make sure that, Again, by the third combat, your player's going, okay, this place is littered with enemies. We, I mean, certainly they're thinking that they need to be careful, but it keeps them a lot more on their toes if they come around the next corner and totally unexpected, there's a, a you know, a, an old man sitting cross-legged meditating in front of his fire. Yes. That's a, I you know, a, a totally, you, now you've, you, you, you are completely flipping the script and Nowhere else can you do that to the same extent right. as when players are in exploration mode. I'm always, uh, when you're mentioning that, uh, I don't know if you ever played the original Fallout 1 or 2, but you'd yeah. be exploring and all of a sudden you just come across random shit that might, you might find something, you might not just, you don't know what it means. And it'd be kind of interesting as a DM to be like, you come across a empty camp where really there's nothing there just to see what they do with it. Absolutely. That'd be interesting. Uh, I, would, I would say in the spirit of introducing contrast, don't have every interaction be a meaningful one. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, and that, that's not to say that meaningful in the sense of it doesn't have some some weight or some, but if every person they meet is another breadcrumb in the trail that they're following, that begins to feel, yes. it doesn't begin to feel like a living space. And mm -hmm. exploration really is uh, an opportunity to, to say to your party, or I should say show to your party, that the worlds that they're exploring have been lived in long before they arrived and Ooh. will continue to be lived in long after they leave. And that's one huge thing about exploration that I really enjoy is it really makes a world feel like a world. You know, it's like, yeah, like you're saying, hey, you come across a trap that has, was set by who knows who, and there's a treasure here that's been here for thousands of years. It really fleshes out the world to realize that this is a moment in time, that this world existed before you were here and it will exist after you're here. Yeah. And that... That is with without the exploration aspect, that's more difficult to do. It's it's certainly not impossible. You could yeah. do social, but but it goes back to kind of the principle of show don't tell. Mm -hmm. um, I could have right before you set off into the woods, you know, an old an old. Oh well, you don't want to go to those woods because there's ghosts and walking around, and there's you know whatever. I could give you the entire synopsis of yes. what this place is. Well, think and about great movies. If you give all your plot points through exposition, that's horrible. But if you do it right. through plot device, if you do it through scenery, if you do it through all this, then it becomes so much better. Yes. And I think that uh, in many regards, conveying information through exploration is a nod to the intelligence of your players, much mm -hmm. as in a film mm -hmm. or a book or a game providing information about the world just by allowing them to experience it yes. is a nod to the audience's intelligence and yes. ability to connect the breadcrumbs. Uh, it made me think of, because I, I it's, it's a, it's a great example. I, I'm sure that there are some others since, um, but it's an example that probably a lot of people will, will be able to, uh, catch. If not, then sorry, spare, spare me the 15 seconds. Uh, the actually they've done it really well in in pretty much everything they've done but the half-life franchise i'm specifically mm -hmm. thinking of half-life 2 mm -hmm. 
the intro oh sequence as God. you step step off of the uh, subway and you're kind of in this uh, combine controlled police state. Mm -hmm. Nothing is said to you at all. I mean, but you get to learn what the world is like immediately. Yeah, and you literally you 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 immediately know exactly where you are mm -hmm. with nothing being said. Yep. And and it's a really actually that intro sequence. Oh, it's so is a good. is a homage to what exploration should be. Now I know in D and D we think about exploration as being these vast wildernesses or unknown dungeon spaces. Mm -hmm. Exploration could be walking through a city, mm -hmm. and it's such a corrupt place that you you almost feel like you're alone because you don't want to talk to anybody. Right. And it could also be a, a very friendly city. I mean, whatever you want to convey, but it's a perfect example of the way in which the world they are moving through has its own story to tell, mm -hmm. not just the characters. And in some regard, that's that's one of the ways in which I would say it's a pretty abstract way, but in which social and uh, exploration can kind of map over each other is you okay. can tell stories, no, no NPC involved through the, uh, the elements that people are finding. And I would say just as each pillar kind of scratches the other's back, right. lends weight and vibrance to the other pillars. This is a space where if you're walking through the forest and you go, okay, I guess we go here and I go, great. You see a bunch of trees. There's some rocks, nothing of interest. You go, okay, I guess we go here. Yeah. <laughs> More what trees, rocks, that? nothing of interest. But if instead in those spaces you're finding old monoliths, right. uh, you know, carvings of some kind of strange creature, mm -hmm. uh, that as the exploration unfolds, you come to find like, oh shit, like That's people used to live here. People used to worship this thing. People used to, you know, and it's probably still here. Yeah. And now, and now <laughs> whether it has anything to do with the reason you were here, you might be here for totally different reasons. Right. But you're beginning to we're beginning to create lore oh. and and uh and and effectively I it doesn't map to social well. Yeah. But it's it, it it truly is the essence of exploration, but it's the difference between good exploration and bad exploration. And I think one way of thinking about it is saying if you had an NPC there, you don't want it because they're exploring right now. You don't want exposition, but yeah. if you had yeah. one. What might they convey right. to the party about this? And then figure out a different way of conveying that. Mm -hmm. Don't convey it through exposition. Convey right. it through the world. And I, I I, agree with you that exposition should be used sparingly. But I just saw that new Dune movie, which was freaking fantastic. <laughs> and they were able to tell through set, through uh, just the landscapes, through the, the excellent acting, the world. But these yeah. still had exposition. Yeah. Well, that is not to say that there isn't room for that. It right. falls clearly in the social Right, uh, pillar. Like I don't know if you get to like if you're into a place with you need don't be afraid to. You can't go like oh you find a book and then that like why not have an NPC that can explain everything and they can talk to and have that relationship with. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, a, a breadth of experiences within an explored space is what makes it feel exciting and vibrant. But I would I would further that by saying allow those experiences to it in enhance a broader lore for that space mm -hmm. or the lore revolving around the reason that they're there. One mm -hmm. of the two, because mm -hmm. they're there looking for presumably clues. If they're trying to find something in this space. treasure, everything's about treasure treasure. Well, and let's actually, I mean, it's, it's a hard segment or a hard oh. segue. Yeah. Sorry. Let's no. it's I think it's a, it, it bleeds in well with the idea of finding interesting things in spaces for players. Something that tends to interest them 
are the rewards of exploration. Yeah, so whenever I run into, whenever I can tell Tom is running into exploration, my immediate thought is there is a pot of gold at the end. What that pot of gold might be. Can I interject something that I think is really important? Yeah. There is a pot of gold in some indiscriminate location. Uh, The end, I think, is a bit of a misnomer because. Okay. um, But, but. Yes, yeah, I, ca- it, I catch your point that there, yeah. there there should be some reward for usually, and I understand that there might be like for contrast, not everything has to have a. In fact, it shouldn't have a reward, uh, and the rewards can be different. Maybe the reward is hey, you, there's a monolith to an ancient uh, creature here, and you explored and you figured out that that creature is now vulnerable to fire. I mean, that's kind of a that's a reward in Absolutely. itself. But yeah, the main reason why uh, exploration is interesting to me is the, as a player is the rewards. Right. Uh, that when I know that we're starting to roll some dice and exploring some things, I know something's coming down the pipe. Yeah, and I think that um, as a DM, knowing what incentivizes your players, if and, and here's a good because I know you're a completionist with regard to your, yes. your games. Yes. Well, no, and I don't hold a candle to uh, Aster to Ariel. She is a very oh, much yeah. a completionist. Well, I'm talking about like in video games and yeah. like o- outside of that, the D and D sphere. Yeah, she oh. is. Oh, she. My God, she's a yeah. Oh, I, so I see. I didn't. You learn something new every day. I yeah, didn't realize oh, that yeah. uh, you're living in her shadow in more ways than one. I mean, I realized a bunch of other ways, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> no. no yeah. But I. So what I think is cool is as a DM. You want to reward your players for exploring. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes that means that there are arbitrary paths that can be taken that lead to nothing but that reward. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, maybe, the, okay, let's keep with the old Peltark example sure. and let's keep with the reason you guys went to old Peltark was to hunt these bandits. Right. It, it, uh, you had gotten the notion that they were in the northeastern segment of old Peltark. Okay. This, and you begin, kind of heading that way early on though you met a prospector and offered him copious amounts of alcohol and once he was drunk enough you were able to coax out the location of this this mining claim that he had kind of uh staked he was a little bit crazy it was kind of hard to exactly pinpoint things but you kind of had another ping on your map let's say yeah completely separate from the actual reason that you were there now you guys could well have Gone, done your mission, and come right back. The antithesis of exploration. Go, yep. do our job, leave. Yeah. Uh, side quest. That's what this is. It's a side quest. And I fucking love side quests. Yeah. And and I I might either, I'm not sure, I'm not sure if I step back a concentric circle or push in one further. Okay. Um, I do think that there are side quests that are not, that can live outside of that exploration space. Okay. So like, like I do think that maybe it's presented itself as hey, we can also go check this out. Which, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's definitely side quest yeah. uh, territory. But ultimately, the idea is, is if I put something else in that world that's like, hey, I know you're here for this reason, but maybe maybe explore around. Mm. If you explore around and you get nothing for your effort, you will not do that again. You will not. And so it's, that's, yeah. it's a, it it's a speaks real, to yeah. the reward system that you... That, and, and now... Pavlov, that's what it is. Let's say that you are not motivated by those types of rewards mm. you know then obviously i need to figure out a reward system that works but whatever works for your players this is speaking to those dms out there mm-hmm. don't allow them to engage in exploration if you're if you're laying out a, a space for them to explore and they 
they sweep the floor. They go every square of that grid. They're checking mm -hmm. everything. Well, they're only going to do that so many times without any kind of reward right. for their effort. Which could be like a, hey, hey, guys, you don't need to sweep the floor. I will let you know when things are here. You Then you would not want to use the word punish, but you wouldn't reward that behavior. No doubt. Know. No doubt. So, yeah. and, and I'm thinking more in like the uh, hex crawl exploration space rather than like the, well, we're in this room okay. of the dungeon gotcha, into the gotcha. next room. And, and that's where I think you know, the, the, let's call it sweeping the floor really comes down to like your, um, perceptions and investigations right, of right. those spaces. But when you've created, let's say alternate threads for your players to pull. Mm -hmm. And so this is not just, Hey, there's a giant open space. What do you want to do? Well, we want to explore every single square, right? Maybe there's a giant open space and you know that this is here and you know that this is here and you know that this is here. These well, if they go and check those things out, give them a reason for having done it. Don't mm -hmm. don't go, well, you got there and it was a goblin camp and you killed all of them. It turns out these are the poorest goblins in the world. There's literally nothing here of interest to you. Can we take their weapons? Yeah, they're mostly bit and damaged. But yeah, you can no, you can't even take them. They, mel <laughs> they melted in the fight even they're though right. you used no fire. Uh, and all their gear burned in the fire that didn't yeah, yeah, exist. Yeah. You know, I, so be thinking about that and and... Um, this is uh, this will this will echo some of the conversation from DM and the PM. Scale the incentives that you're placing in your world with the effort that your players are going to put in to acquire those. Mm. And so you guys, it was substantial effort when you guys found the the entrance to oh gosh this yeah. old tomb in oh, in old Peltark. Yeah. How would it have felt if your reward was a hundred gold pieces? After all that, oh my gosh, I didn't like. Like, I would, would never it be, explore again. Would it no. be reasonable? For for context's sake, the vault that they finally opened, having completed oh. puzzles, explored to find all of the rings necessary. We to, fought uh, like a uh, a pit lord light, like yeah, yeah, uh, uh, the the an aspect, I guess you could yeah. say, a plainer aspect of a pit lord. Uh, you fought a hydra. You fought the gith, who actually they were unexpected. Yeah, they were unexpected. Up. Uh, for that, you by the fought way. a. Um, uh, uh, what's those like a, hook horrors things? Oh, the hook horrors. That which was I a, that mopped the floor with them. But I mean, it was a bunch of of pretty gnarly battles. Some great puzzle solving. Some great exploration. For hundred gold, awesome yeah. traps. I mean, imagine if that uh, and, you know, and and but for the context for everyone, once you had opened that vault, you had mm -hmm. you had acquired the three rings necessary. You had opened the vault. Uh, you were rewarded with, and I don't remember the exact number, but it was in the ballpark of 50,000. I don't gold. even remember. It was an unbelievable sum. Because I got the ring of strength. You got, well, is... you greedy bastards went back for the ring, uh, uh, and, and ultimately ended up escaping, though you, you came damn close to getting trapped oh, in there. Oh, and... thank God. For, what's that? Uh, the shadow step. I forget what it's called right now. Misty step. Misty step. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, yeah, that, that saved your ass. <laughs> um, so, so, but it's a good example of when you are implementing exploration into the world and when you're experiencing exploration, think about that as players. This really does fall on the shoulders of, of DMs because players can only do what they can do. If they, if they explore a space and they're not rewarded for it, how many more times are they going to do that with, with no reciprocity? Well, let me ask here a little bit more of a... Oh, this is me peeking behind the screen question. Okay. So let's say we're exploring Peek that screen. Oh, I'll pay. I'll take a good old peek. Let's say uh, it's just me. I'm wearing no pants. Yes. <laughs> it's Tuesday. I know that's what you're after. <laughs> so we're exploring a room and I roll a investigation check to see if there's anything there. And I roll a low roll. Okay. 
I, as a player character, know I rolled a low roll. Mm -hmm. Would my character know I rolled a low roll? In in general, and, and this is a particular interesting, like when you make an attack, for instance. Yes. I think you you have a pretty good idea of when you, like, let's equate it to hitting a baseball. You hit a baseball and you catch the sweet spot, you know you cracked that sucker. Yeah. But you catch the wrong part of the bat and you feel a zinger all the way up oh, to your elbows. I fucking hate that, yeah. You know, so you know on an attack, that's a good a good correlation, I would say. You know when something struck good, you know when it didn't. Um, with investigation and uh, perception, I, to some extent, I think it kind of bent, blurs the lines between player and character knowledge. Yeah. But I also think that, um, you know, there's all sorts of, let's say you're exploring a dungeon. A dungeon is a terrible place, a terrible place. Yes. Um, it's pitch black. There's monsters around every potential corner. Right. Uh, you maybe haven't slept in, uh, you know, some substantial period of time. You if probably you are, slogged to get yeah. here. And if you even are sleeping, it's like horrible sleep. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the existence in a dungeon is terrible. So you say, you know, I would like to, you know, I want to examine this room, see if there's anything mm -hmm. that maybe we missed. I think it could be written off to the fact that you might go, I checked this room out, but like I can barely keep my eyes open. Right. I'm exhausted. I'm so you might know that maybe you're not giving it your the best that you would if you came off of eight hours of sleep. And um, so that's kind of one way of of thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Something I would add, and this goes into the exploration game, and I would I would throw this out to to DMs out there is if your players have suggested that they are taking a specific action, let's say, um, Let's say there's a painting on the wall. Okay. Okay. There's a painting, and we're not in a dungeon anymore. We'll say, we're, or, well, actually, we are in a dungeon. We'll say it's kind of a, it's an odd yeah. room. You come in, uh, just barren room. There's a painting on the wall of some lordly-looking figure. Gotcha. Um, and your players say, I'd like to, I, I just want to, I want to explore the room. I want to check this right. out. Cool. Maybe I ask them for an investigation check. If a player says, I want to look behind the painting. Okay. What world could they live in where they look behind that painting? I say, give me an investigation check. They roll a one and they somehow don't recognize there's a safe behind the painting. I would argue, and I would put this out to all DMs, consider that when your players are being explicit with their investigations yeah. and perceptions, that may be enough. They may not need a, a check. Yeah. If if they are telling you specifically. Yes, that's what you're saying. An investigation is a substitution for, I don't, I'm not inspired to look at any one thing. Um, and now, now you may just be when you're just checking everything out, right? Very precise in how you go through that, and that's what a high investigation would represent, right? Right. But I would say even a character with low investigation who says, "I'd like to look behind the painting," well, unless there's some magic that's obscuring the fact that there's a a safe behind the painting, right. they would look at it and they'd go, "I mean, what am I going to do as a DM if you roll a one?" Right. You know, oh, there's actually a painting. Well, why'd you ask for the role? So it's yeah. a it's a good or I'm sorry, there's a there's a safe behind the painting. So I think it's a really good example of of eliminating unnecessary roles, which helps a lot of things by way of I was about to say, God, we should have hit on that and we talked about social. We should have hit on that. You don't need a role for social very like very rarely oh, yeah, yeah. a social role. And yeah, I think that carries 
for for many pillars, combat is obviously one of the ones where it's very roll heavy. Yeah, where where you're rolling a lot of dice, and that's again what differentiates it in in a lot of ways. I love it. Um, but that would be a good example because I think too that uh, and we you mentioned this uh, earlier when we were chatting or I mean, before before we uh, shut this is kind of the nuance between investigation and and oh, perception yeah. Yeah. and and maybe even more importantly than that nuance is the nuance between when a character has provided you enough information that you no longer need a role at all. Yeah. Um, and I would say that is certainly in the purview of exploration. If you're walking through the forest and a character says, I want to climb the tallest tree that I can see. Okay. And just, you know, get the lay of the land. If I know that they're, the bandit camp is a half a mile away, like maybe I need a perception, a low DC perception. Yeah. But if there's a plume of smoke coming from the bandit camp and now you're above the canopy. They really don't need to, yeah. And all I would be doing is punishing the fact that they were creative enough to think to climb to the top right. of that tree. But then you could just reward for better rolls. Like if you rolled a 16, be like, oh, you can see smoke coming up and you see a couple of outposts and you see yeah maybe you can see a a a, a scout's tower you know right. so you know hey they're going to be there someone might be I watching because I always like that dice rolls are meaningful yes oh absolutely and this transcends all the pillars but we can get into yeah. it here yeah, absolutely so like even if you do roll a uh if you check behind a painting and it's a really low roll it's a safe but you don't really notice anything about the safe if you roll a really high oh it's a safe Oh, yeah. Okay, you've seen this model before. Uh, it's a very hard-to-pick-lock, pick-safe, you know, that And that's certainly something that I would probably leverage a character's background off of, too. Like, Kel, for instance, no He's matter how high safe. you rolled, you would, go, you would go, oh, I recognize that there's a safe back here. Right, I'd stab it with my spear. Well, yeah, that would probably actually would be your first <laughs> would be my first thing. Um, could be a mimic, though, so maybe you should have blocked. Now you're fucked. Oh, you're well, fucked. Or I just smite it. That's what it's going to do anyway. Okay. If okay. you don't smite things as a paladin, are you really a paladin? That's. I mean, if, put it in the comments, but everyone knows the answers. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um. But it, you know, to to that point, uh, I think definitely there's opportunities in exploration to, especially when we're talking about those skills that, um, that don't always get to come to the forefront. Be thinking about not just the skills per the numbers on their character sheet. But the skills that these players have experienced through their backstories Ooh, up yeah. to this point in the campaign yep. is, uh, I mean, let's say that your character was a nomad in Kalimshan. Maybe they don't have a, I mean, presumably they'd have a decent survival skill. Right. But let's say specifically they're trying to find water. Oh. I might give them a, a greater benefit of the doubt than someone who grew up in, in, uh, in the Southern Islands. Advantage. Exactly. Yeah. And and so um, you know, these these would be places where you can take the skill sets the players have, both those recognized by the stats and those recognized throughout the campaign, throughout their backstories. Um, and and again, it's an opportunity where all of a sudden they can think about that character that they conceptualized, that nomad from Kalamshan, and you've given that persona a reason to be the star of this scene because mm. their their life experiences 
uh, ultimately lend to this situation really, really well. Yeah, so. no, that yeah, I totally agree. Because that also just makes your cal- your character more valid. Yeah, which is always good. Let's pivot a little bit because I think we we've talked to some extent about um, kind of the the or certainly from my perspective the kind of open world exploration mm-hmm. that uh, I think is is one big pillar. But I really do think dungeons are their own form of exploration. Okay, um, and I will say that uh, our our campaign. Um, is not a dungeon crawl centric campaign. Oh goodness, no. Um, that said, I, I actually, especially as of late, have have been more and more intrigued by the notion of uh, interjecting some some more kind of classic elements. Please into, do. I, I fucking love dungeon I, crawls. I, yeah. oh. um, so, but let's kind of talk a little bit about the ways in which uh, the ways in which exploration is expressing itself in that space. Because I really actually think the dungeon crawl is first and foremost, an explorative endeavor made in much in the ways that we talked about the, the pillars holding hands, right? That exploration is made more intense, given more weight, given more meaning by the fact that it is laden with combat count encounters. Right. Um, so let's kind of talk about if there are any notable differences from a player perspective and from a DM perspective. Yeah in that space. Um, you know, and, and, and those, like I said, they may not be the most forthcoming examples, but first and foremost, what I can think of is a dungeon crawl. Players have a certain expectation mm-hmm. of, uh, let's say the frequency of combat, the, you know, I mean the, the old school murder dungeons of your, uh, are like, that's a that's a great place to kind of start. That's the extreme example. Yeah. Um, but it really does push us immediately into like if you're having a hard time as a DM conceptualizing, like, man, I want to do something cool exploration wise, but I don't really know where to start. Mm-hmm. A dungeon's a great place to start because oh, yeah. uh they are tailor-made for the exploration experience. Once you've entered, mm-hmm. you're you're, I mean, you can go back out, certainly, unless there's some reason you can't. Mm-hmm. But you're basically crossing that threshold, quite quite literally moving from whatever pillar you were existing in prior to. And the second you step in there, now you're in a space via the dungeon crawl dynamic where what you brought with you on your back is what you've got. The support that you've got with you is what like you've you got. got. Yeah. You, you really have severed that lifeline back to the surface. Mm-hmm. And I would say a good dungeon crawl reminds you of this at every opportunity. Yes, yes, and, yes. and that's maybe a broader consideration for all of exploration is remind your players that they're alone. Yes. That's a, a, a hallmark of good exploration is, is that there's not a seven 11 around the corner oh. where, you know, like, Oh man, we're running low on stuff. We got to, you know, the, the weight of the exploration experience should build with every passing day mm-hmm. or hour mm-hmm. or uh, as their supplies become right. less, as their resources to engage in combat uh, dwindle. Yeah, like the world, the, the, the war of attrition. Uh, and I will say as a player, um, uh, stock up. Uh, there's a, uh, I forget, I look up mundane objects that items that are really useful in D and D. 
and buy those things. Chisels, buy chalk, buy mirrors, buy... These things cost nothing. And yet, if you can really use these in creative ways... Uh, I'm trying to think of some examples in game that we've used these things, but I, I know. Well, I mean, have. all sorts of times, I mean, you know, like I said, I mean, I, I don't think anyone needs to be convinced of how important climbing gear is. Oh, my of how God. Important. Yeah. Ex- bring extra rope. If you yeah. think you got enough rope, bring extra rope. Uh, your uh, there's been certainly some creative play with uh, some barrels of oil that you guys. Yeah. We'll always buy bill- barrels of oil. Just just just. Yeah. From a player standpoint, plan ahead. Uh, now there's obviously a point where you, you can't and you, you're, you're, can't bring a, a month's worth of food, but yeah, I say preparation is so huge from a player standpoint because you really, it also gives the DM so much to play off with too. Well, and that, that's something I would say is, is as much as you should be thinking about how you can be creative with your abilities and skills, uh, in that environment, uh, even more can be said about what you can do creatively with your gear, especially mm-hmm. when you, you know, you've got carpentry skills, you've got mm-hmm. herbalism skills, you've got, you know, there's any number of ways yeah, that you can, whatever. Yeah. That you can, um, actuate what would be mundane gear into really creative solutions. I'm, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to hammer this. I don't know how many times reward that behavior DMS. <laughs> if, if you see them, That's you know, true. dig through their bags, and MacGyver something together that's interesting, you know. Now, unless a dice roll determines, that's like, say it's not an immediate success. No, no, but but I mean, like, so let's say you go like, oh well, I fashioned together this crazy apparatus that's going to it's going to save us all. We're gonna we're gonna make it through this, guys. Right. And you then you go to use it and you roll a one. Well, yeah, maybe the thing falls apart and it was not uh, right. But uh, I would just say. Don't be of the mind that you've created this space to be explored in a specific way. Thank you. Yes, that's the thing. Yeah, give the it's a playground. Yeah, and I will. Uh, I'm going to pivot back to the dungeon then because of something that you said. You were talking about. Yeah, please. You know, acquiring that kit, acquiring that gear. Yeah. Now, in, in more, let's say, more overland based exploration, open world exploration, we are. Um, less bound especially like your your group has uh some horses and oh, gosh, uh you yeah. have your, your cart. but now yeah, as you yeah. as you depart that and push into one of these dungeon crawl environments mm-hmm. now all of a sudden you're constrained to what you can carry on your back and every yep. one of those pieces of gear mm-hmm. could be rations could be torches right could be you know so so that's where having those i completely agree where you can look through your stock there on your wagon tie up your horses, hope they're not dead when you get back, uh, and pick through what you've got and mm-hmm. uh, and make the most of it. But that's something that I really love about adding that extra layer when you're talking about the dungeon crawl. Um, but it's it just a reinforcement of what makes uh, exploration great in the first place is, great, you're at town, deciding what might stand in my way as I'm going into the unknown, what could help me overcome obstacles and problems. That is then further distilled when you go, I can carry even less. I need even more. Um, and that's really where kind of the dungeon crawl exploration yeah. environment really ratchets that up. And that's, again, I, I think that's really why there's such a, a kind of a line drawn in the sand between that old school style play mm-hmm. and the new school is that ratcheting of, you know, your last torch just burned out. It's pitch black in here. You are 
eight hours travel from where you entered the city. Right. You're what dead do you, now. What do you yeah. do? You know, and like, but what an amazing opportunity to start thinking creatively. Mm-hmm. Great. All of a sudden, the wizard is the rock star because they can cast light and they're, right. you know, all of a sudden, and, and that's one very superficial example of, but when things go bad, just as we talked about in the failures episode, right? failing to have enough supplies to 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 carry out a mission right is ripe territory for people to begin being creative and becoming rock right. stars at the table and give the, the opportunity to like don't just be able to uh hey oh you didn't bring three weeks of ration you only brought two weeks of rations well now you're dead yeah like, well i would say certainly there's again probably a feels bad tpk but uh, there are there is a there is an amount of rations that you could take into a dungeon that is a death sentence. Uh, yeah. There's also you know and and that all I think tailors primarily by the type of experience the type of game you're wanting to right. play at your table. Yes. And there are the games that are like hey how much does those how much does those rations weigh? Because you know you have to you have to take that to the dungeon. Like yeah yeah I mean and I think I think. I, I think you'd have a hard time running a proper dungeon crawl without taking some of yeah. that into account. I have account. a year's worth, uh, worth of rations in my backpack. Wait, that doesn't make sense. Right, right. <laughs> and so how, you know, how uh, lenient or strict you you enforce those probably says something about what you're wanting out of the game. Right, right. Um, but, uh, I mean, I think, you know, we, there's exploration is a is a big topic because it can, uh, all the pillars all, are. so many things can kind of exist under that umbrella. Yep. Um, but I think, you know, for the DM sum up of the topic, yes, 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 yes. the the biggest thing that I, the biggest, let's say two points, but I may, I may stumble into a third one uh, is one. If you're giving your players places to explore, let there be things to find. Mm-hmm. Don't just give them a, you know, uh, we're not playing Minesweeper here. It's not, you know, there's, you know, it's, it's, there are exciting things to find and players should feel like around every corner with every step they take, they could be stumbling into an amazing social encounter a a terrifying combat encounter. Um, you know, Oh shit. We, we tied some scraps of fabric onto trees and there's that, there's one of our scraps of fair, like, right, right. holy crap. Like maybe we are not where we think we are. Right. You know, there's all sorts of ways that you can spice that up. So one, give them and that kind of bleeds into the next, give them quantity in explorative spaces. And that doesn't have to be crazy encounters, but, but make, make those moves to that space meaningful narratively or, or mechanically. Um, and make them quality. And by quality, I mean, contrast. If every single time they go, it's, you know, eight more rats and we fight them and then we push on eight more rats and we fight them. We push on, um, you know, keep them guessing because that's, and it's really the nature of exploration is what's next, what's Mm -hmm. around the corner. Absolutely. And the second that you've given them, uh, a motif of like, oh, this is one of those dungeons where there's eight rats every room and then there's eight more rats. Yay, um, D&D. You know, and and <laughs> I think to a greater or lesser extent as DMs, we we do our best to avoid that. But being cognizant of how you can spice up explorative spaces uh, using quantity of experience and contrast of experience, um, I think can can rapidly start taking players who don't get that much out of that pillar and and move them into a camp where they're going like, oh, actually, I love combat, and 
And that was cool, man. We had some really interesting combat encounters in that space or, yeah. you know, reward that social player at your table by introducing it. It could seem out of place even. Um, mm. All the more reason to to lean into like, what the heck is this, like this weird jester guy doing in the middle of the woods out here? Nowhere. Like, <laughs> right. but, you know, presumably he's more than just a jester at that yeah, point, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and, and play with that. You know, there's, um, you know, realize that just because you want to integrate different types of encounters into a space, they, if they don't always fit, lean into the fact that something's not right here, you know, mm -hmm. and, and there's some fun things that you can do in that space as well. So Absolutely. hit me with the, hit me with the player rundown for well, exploration. So for exploration, I feel from the player standpoint is, um, know who your character is so you know what your character can do so when you're presented with an obstacle you know what your ca character can do to help aid in the obstacle maybe in that case it's that your character can't do a lot and that's fine can you support your other fellow players to make them shine and also make everything better so that's what i would first do when you're, you're faced with exploration problems um also with exploration uh, as a player, uh, not that it's expected, but look for rewards. I I don't I don't want to speak for how the all DMs are, but if Tom is giving me an exploration thing, I know something's like most of the time. Either I'm gonna even worse comes to worse, I'm gonna learn a little bit more about the world. But never be explore, never be afraid to explore that world. I think that's just so huge. Yep. And um, oh, I know I had a last little, I had a last point I want to hit on. I can't remember what it was. It's out there. It's just around the next corner. Ah, oh well. Yeah. yeah. Some yeah. some sometimes uh, sometimes you are uh, sometimes you're rolling that twenty. Sometimes, sometimes you're rolling that ones. One. And yeah. uh, in this case, uh, that, one. that point was just beyond your reach as yeah. we. Uh, fumbled our way through the forest of exploration. Um, I think uh, that pretty much does it for us here. If you guys got anything out of this conversation, uh, we would hugely appreciate it. Uh, just, you know, and quite frankly, I'm. I, we would love the like and the sub. We would really love the comment. We would love to hear Please. what you're liking about the content, what you're not liking about the content, what you think about exploration. Talk with us about the cool things you're doing in exploration spaces. Uh, talk with us about the ways that you are challenging your players to use abilities mm -hmm. that don't always get to shine. Um, you know, give us your thoughts on that. And uh, did you have something to Absolutely. I figured out what I was going to say. Oh, <laughs> oh. I came back, So I rolled a one first, and then I... I got another chance and I rolled a uh, uh, 15 or something. So as a player, uh, prepare for exploration. Uh, go, to, it's ridiculously how cheap some of the most amazing tools in D and D are in the game. A pickaxe, a chisel, a, oh, a block and pulley system. Like there's an, a, a rope, buy more rope than you ever think you'll need. <laughs> go prepare for this. As a DM, I recommend going no rope. If you're a badass, no rope. No rope, no weapons, no armor. That's, I challenge you. Tell me, tell me, tell me how Barbarian's it works Barbarian's the only class no, I can you play. You also can't play Barbarian. <laughs> but yeah, okay, I remembered. Anyway. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, I I do think that that pretty much uh, yeah. sums it up. As yeah. always, we thank you for joining us here thank on you so much. Uh, Split Screen D&D. &D. Um, it means the world to us that uh, that you're tuning in for the content. And uh, All right. that. So, Tom... Let's say you are a 
wandering salesman in the middle of a forest, a party who has been obviously been lost in a long time, and the, oh, hey, I got a chance to make an extra buck. How would you go? Oh, uh, hey there, you fine folks. You, uh, you look a little lost there. You know what could help out with that? I've got some brand new, the world is yours, right here. And can be yours for, uh, takes a glance at, uh, at the old coin purse. 20 gold pieces? A steal of just 20 gold pieces, and the world is yours. Sold. Sold.